we find home in the places we often least expect. When I moved back to North Carolina nearly three years ago, I never truly planned to stay. I had a vague idea of what this place was, and I saw it as a temporary landing, a stepping stone on the path to greater artistry. Back then, I believed that anyone who had the chance to leave would. Success was merely a foreshadowing of an exit, and mine would come soon enough. That year, I spent my time wandering through old-growth longleaf pines and pretending the world was not ending around me. The world, virus-ridden, socially collapsed, seemed to go on against all odds. And it was in the artist I found myself surrounded by that I found comfort, inspiration, and the ultimate sense that I was known deeply. I was known, and I was loved. And in that knowledge, I was found. I moved from that small town in the Pines nearly two summers ago, but I still believe there's something special there. This project, I can say with certainty, would not exist without the collaborations and relationships formed in that space, and today's guests reflect that narrative aptly. Our art is better in community. Our art is better when we let it be driven by joy. Allow me to introduce you to The Violet Exploit a five-person indie alternative rock band that started in January of 2022. The band is local to Southern Pines, North Carolina, and together they bring eclectic taste and timeless yet timely sensibilities to their original music. Their sound pays homage to classic rock with alternative nuances leaving audience with a sense of nostalgia and energy. Their debut singles Laugh and Lay Down were released in 2022 and recorded locally here in North Carolina. Throughout 2022, they worked extensively on recording their upcoming songs and playing various shows around North Carolina and Virginia. With big plans for 2023, The Violet Exploit will have multiple music releases, from singles to multi-song EPs and even music videos. They are, truly, a force to watch and a force to be reckoned with. Their success builds on the close relationships they formed as a band, evident in every part of this conversation. They also have thoughts on home and the pressure to find it, to leave it, and to let it influence your work. I resonate deeply, and I hope you will too. Cool. Well, I'm really excited to have you here. I'm a huge fan. Y'all are so great live, and um, it's nice to finally connect and, and do this. So I think I would love to start, um, since there's multiple of you there, if everyone wants to just introduce themselves and someone wants to give a history of the Violet Exploit and how you got started and where you are now. Well, hi, I'm Ben. I'm the vocalist for the Violet. I'm Ben. I play bass. I'm Brian. I'm a guitar player. I'm Sean. I also do guitar. Um, we we basically, uh, we were in a, a previous band called Left Early. And the drummer and the singer moved, and then we found Ben. Uh, Sean knew Ben from um, a relationship they had. They found me in a trash can. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but I like the fallen from heaven thing. So Ben fell yeah. from heaven. Ben fell from and heaven. Then we we asserted him into the band, and uh, yeah, we started writing some songs. Our yeah, our original drummer at the time was JP, and he's still somewhat involved with it. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, no, I mean. That's pretty much formation-wise. We, yeah. to be truthful about it, we did a twenty-four-hour uh, gig where we wrote our song "Soup" and went and played it like immediately, like up yeah. in Virginia, like took off when and did it, and uh, 
we were like, hey, this isn't too bad. Came yeah. back and scrambled it together. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all are relatively young, right? You're only about a year old as a band? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, ja- January of 2022? Yes. Yeah, January 2022. So a year and a month. A month. Yeah. So. And you've had quite a bit of success the last year. You've played lots of big shows. You've made it onto Best of North Carolina playlists. Could you tell us? Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Could you tell us a little bit more about kind of the rise into that and what that has been like? I would say it's it started when we were with Left Early. We kind of were in the home uh, kind of uh, circuit as far as like home shows. We were doing a lot of house shows and small gigs. And through that, we met a lot of other bands in North Carolina. And after about six months, you know who is who as far as the scene in Wilmington, the scene in Boone, the scene in Raleigh and Charlotte. That's pretty much how it's categorized, it seems like. And um, we just linked up with these bands. And when we became really, when we became Violet Exploit, I think we really got bigger and better. And the gigs just kind of got bigger um, through connections, through meeting people, mostly through Instagram um, and uh, through uh, Get Sad Y'all, which is kind of a collective that does a lot of emo shows. Um, they've booked us a lot of quality gigs, yeah. like we play Cat's Cradle. And Motor Co. Waters also, then. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, it's really just connections via that way. And then I think, you know, we we lucked out with being in Moore County in a venue like the Neon Rooster kind of opening up and uh, starting things off, you know, because I think our first gig there was like explosively successful. And I, it was due to like the other bands that played with us, but also just the hype around that venue. So it helped us kind of launch off from there and all these other places were like, oh, cool. So yeah. you can play here. It was like, oh, neat. Yeah. We we started off too, like when we started, you know, we were talking a little bit about Left Early and then Into the Ballad Expo. Like we only carried over what, one song? I think we carried over one song from that project into this one. So we we started from scratch with uh, Ben in the mix. And like I always have uh, tell this memory when we were sitting at my house. Um, Ben is sitting there on my couch and it's the four of us um, with acoustic guitars and bands with the bass. And we're trying to come up with songs and kind of figure out, you know, how are we going to start this new band and try to go to the next level and play these big shows that we just talked about. And, you know, I'll never forget Ben sitting there. He's like, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. Like, <laughs> we don't have any songs, you know? So yeah, right. I always remember that memory. And then, you know, you look a year back, like we just talked about these great shows and, you know, working in the studio and things like that. And it's just, it's cool to see, you know, like we started really from nothing except one song yeah. that carried over and then into, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool things come out this year. So, and how many songs do you have out now? Because that's one thing I've noticed of every time I've seen y'all play live, you have this great set, and then there's so few on streaming services. How many are actually out there in the world? Two. Yeah, yeah two. there's only two, yeah. two right now. Two. Yeah, but there's a ton more coming here in the near future. We're hopefully looking at uh, kind of like release towards April, Mayish. That's the idea we're trying to float out and get a ton of music just out you know well i'm really excited for that yeah (laughs) we don't really we're not really in a hurry you know what i mean to put things out all the time we're always writing and 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 playing of course but as far as like putting it out we feel like we want it done right we want it done the right way um we don't want to rush anything um and we don't want to release it unless we know it's like absolutely great yeah for sure that's a really great philosophy who writes the songs in the band? All of you together? 
It's all of us. Yeah. It is like kind of like a mod podge thing. Like usually somebody will come with an idea and, you know, I'll write like a melody line or lyrics or something like that. And then, you know, it, it really is just kind of like a, like a thumbtack board. You're just like adding little like pieces to it. And eventually it just kind of comes together. Yeah. Most, most of the riffs come from Sean and Brian. I mean, obviously the two guitar players, which is great. And they both play fenders, um, <laughs> which is even better, you know? So it sounds incredible. Um, but <clears throat> what Ben does is Ben just kind of, you know, they, they give him the chords, they give him the music, we give him the music and he just kind of comes uh, with lines, melody lines. And it's interesting because Ben doesn't play an instrument is not a quote unquote musician, but he has, <laughs> he has a musician's ear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he can put together melodies, he knows chords. He, so he's, yeah. he's, he's real natural with that. So, um, I mean, Sean, you know, Sean teaches guitar lessons. So Sean is very proficient in guitar. Brian's been playing for a very long time and is a great songwriter um, in, in his own right. So it's kind of like a big kind of mix, mixed bag. It's not really one person. It's not really like one mastermind kind of deal. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely collective. We all have the same influences. We all listen to the same kind of bands, which is, I think is really important. Um, I mean, Ben's a little bit more diverse than probably all of us, but I mean, most of us, um, we all kind of listen to the same type of music, type of bands growing up, um, different eras and such. Um, but that's pretty much, I mean, our inspirations, I, I don't know. I don't know where our inspirations are from. As far as I was going to ask you, have me curious, who are some of these bands that you see as inspiration? What would you say? We kind of, like I said, we we pull from a little bit of everything. I would say, you know, it's uh, the it's funny to me whenever people say what our sound reminds them of the most. Usually, oh god, I've like, heard so many. We've heard so many like weird. Like yeah. I I remember the first. So before we ever played our first official show, we would play at the Neon Rooster open mic, yeah. and we would do. It was literally our stuff was already set up. We'd sign up randomly on the list and we'd go up there and we'd kind of shift the whole entire night to be like, okay, this is what the show would kind of Now you like. pay attention to yeah. us for right now. Exactly. And we would play three new songs that we had written. And uh, whenever we were doing that, I remember the first, I think it was the second one we did of that, uh, an older gentleman who I've known a long time in this community came up to me. He's like, man, he's like, that was great. He's like, that reminded me of something from the sixties, like right, right there next to Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how in the hell? You know, but we get that. I mean, we get red hot chili, chili peppers. peppers a lot. Yeah, a bit, you, know? you don't, you didn't hear that one? I, I honestly, personally, haven't heard it. Wow. Yeah. I've heard Which red hot chili wild. peppers the most. I yeah. literally were like, you guys sound like the chili peppers. Like, I mean, <laughs> as far as like influences go, I mean, we're kind of all, all over the board with that, you know? I mean, yeah. I, it would be hard to pinpoint anything particular. I mean, because, yeah. you know, we, we could all say bands that, we like the same, but I don't yeah. feel like that's the same for any single yeah. one of us. You we know? all no. listen to different stuff. I mean, Ben has definitely has more of an R and B influence yeah. in his writing. That's, yeah. you know, that's um, pretty standard for him. And, and, and Sean is, is more um, riff based rock. <laughs> I, I guess you could say. And then Brian is more like nineties kind of. He listens to butt rock. Yeah. <laughs> So Van only listens exclusively to the Rolling Stones or Tame Impala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm more like I like I love the Beatles. I love Motown. I love yeah. um, 
all the great bands, um, Led Zeppelin, The Who. I mean, the, the y'all are all just naming my favorite artists, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you see really that kind of mix and diversity of artists and of everybody's different styles that bring to that come together in this really unique way in the band. And when we talk to bands on this podcast, it often comes up that because everybody likes different things, everyone's bringing something different to the table. And as you've been talking, two things that are coming up for me, um, I want to talk about the Neon Rooster. Obviously, I'm so glad you bring that up and we'll get to that in a second. But really this element of community in that you have this community together that you each bring individual interests, but also you're very entrenched in a local community. And I'm wondering how you feel about that piece and if that's been important in both kind of your formation as a band, but also your rise to success. Well, um, I think I want, like, it's, it's definitely something to note, like how, like, even since we've started before that, and then just over the course of time, like Southern Pines is starting to like really come into its own as far as like a significant music community. I think Sean would probably be a little bit better equipped to answer that because he yeah. like leads a good bit of that. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like the local community goes with that stuff, it it plays a big role for me just because I also I work at a uh, guitar shop here called Casino Guitars. And a bit of the history to that is that the owner Baxter, he, he taught lessons for about 14 years beforehand, 12 to 14 years. And um, he started a lot of really cool things in this community that I felt uh, it caused for what is happening now, uh, you oh, know, yeah, a decade absolutely. on, you know, he, yeah. he did these things like pine stock where all these kids would put together bands a couple of weeks before and they would get up and they would play three songs on an actual stage with sound in front of people, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, he was in a uh, bond bond incorporated. Yeah. He was yeah. in a band up in New York, up but that, York. you know, yeah. he, he kind of pushed that influence down to me a bit. And then through that also into this whole community. So there's, there's a community here of people that I think not only whether it's older folks who their kids did music from casino guitars or, uh, you know, younger people who went through that process. It's just people who really love music and especially original music. There's something needed there in this community. And it's, I think it's what's bred stuff like this, you know? And then also the fact that I think really me, so me and Van are from this area, but Ben and Brian are not from this area. Brian being brought here via, you know, alien ships. And then <laughs> every, uh, you know, been just bouncing around too. Same, same kind of situation. And this is a unique area to end up because of that. So it's really cool. I'm really glad you bring it up that way. So I lived in Moore County. I actually lived right off Indiana street and Southern Pines, um, for a year during COVID. And I found obviously an art scene that I met Victoria. I met many of our other friends, but didn't have as much of like a local music scene, partly due to the pandemic. And it's been really really cool since moving away, kind of seeing how that has grown and seeing places like the Neon Rooster pop up, which was not there when I lived there. Have you been kind of involved in that scene yourselves, um, especially growing up there? And I know Vic, you might want to chime in here since you're also from the area. And one thing that I think about a lot, I grew up in North and South Carolina, but not here, is the pressure that in order to be an artist, you have to move away and you have to do it somewhere else. And I don't know if that's something you all felt. And then the gratification of coming back and doing it where you're from and this almost like inner child healing that tends to happen throughout that process. Well, yeah, right. It's uh, go back to the neon rooster thing. Sean does sound that he, he works at the neon rooster. 
So, um, you know, he's very involved with that and, and actually a big part of, of creating a space for the community to come there. Like you said, we didn't have that four years ago. And that's and that's really promoted original music in in Moore County. And that's what we're really thankful for, because it's given us that that venue. Um, as far as far as like your other questions, what was what was the second part? Yeah, thinking about um, any pre- like, did you ever feel any pressure that you couldn't do this here or oh, yeah. that you had to go somewhere else to do it? And then what has that experience been like? coming back to the place that you are from and, and, and choosing to stay here. Um, and I don't know, maybe as a band, you are planning to move, but y'all seem pretty entrenched in the Southern Pines community these days. I have really any like um, desire to relocate. I don't know about everybody else, but yeah. I mean, like when I was a kid, I moved around like a lot. Like um, we just kind of bounced back and forth, like from a bunch of different places. So, you know, like experiencing um, some big cities. When I moved here, um, it was like the furthest thing from my radar. Like you really do have this kind of like um, concept that like things like that don't really happen in like smaller town areas. Like I had lived like um, just moving around a bunch. Like we lived maybe in two big cities. I was born in San Diego and at a certain period of time I lived in Detroit. And um, you know, those like the, there's like, obviously that gravitation towards like the big city thing. But when I came here, you know, I've done more music here than I think I've done anywhere. And I think that's like kind of not what people expect to hear, but it's like, I don't know. It is absolutely. Cause there's nothing thing. to do here. You have to make, you, <laughs> you have to make your own, you have to make your own fun. You have to make your own. And that's what we did. We had to, I mean, you know, they opened up neon rooster and it's like, the ba- they need all these bands to play. So it was almost perfect timing. You know, they need, they need, artists they have open mic there's more open mics at other businesses too um swank um has a great open mic scene where it's very inviting and i mean obviously all this has come out um just blown up after after covid and everything so it's great to see it back come back and where we can go and and see live music and and congregate and be with other musicians in the community and i think that's what it's really been like last two years people are just they're hung. They're hungry for that. They crave it. They miss it. They didn't. They didn't realize how much they missed it until it was gone. Yeah, I you think know? that's a huge pull yeah. as to like the shows that we're playing um, over the last year. Like mm-hmm. we kind of feel that, especially at a place like the Neon Rooster, where it is kind of in this community where you know there's not a whole lot really to do, but it's growing in that way where things like that. I think people don't realize what it meant until they've been kind of indoctrinated into it and you come to a show and you're like, oh yeah, I do want to like jump around and be sweaty and yell and, you know, just have have a really great time listening to really great music, you know? And I think to, to cap it off, like the whole, like, do we need to go anywhere to like make it or move further with our music or like gain more success? I don't really think, like, I think I speak for everybody. I don't, I don't really think that's necessary, yeah. especially in today's yeah. age where you have bands like 723 that puts a song out. Yeah. And in like near than 24 hours, it's 10,000 streams or yeah. something yeah, like that. that and, yeah. you know, if you build up and you build up like that and you grow your local area, you know, um, there's a lot of like famous people that say, you know, musicians and, and athletes and things like that. If you master where you're from and you build that bubble out and that's something that Vance like spoke on quite a, uh, quite a bit is, mm-hmm. you know, you master like Southern Pines area, move to Raleigh, move to Charlotte, then you move to the state, then you move to the East Coast and then, you know, you move out that way. So if you can kind of master where you're from um you know that helps tremendously and like 
uh, everybody yeah. talked about the community and the sport here with the rooster um, and all those things, the open mics, like that's like a, another reason why we want to stay here. We don't really need to go anywhere. Um, to there's, and there's so many great places to play in North Carolina. I mean, it's insane. And I really don't understand why the music scene hasn't really gotten, you know, more attention on the national level, just because there's so many great, great places to play poor house. Yeah. I mean, uh, cat's cradle. I mean, these are like, uh, you know, hall river ballroom. That's a, that's a, that's a majestic place. Um, I mean, you name it. I mean, and it's all, all sizes too, like D-Pack all the way up to, yeah. you know, Water right. Creek. There's all kinds of levels. I feel like, uh, like with what you're saying there, as far as like it's popping, you know, and going to that next level, mm. the, the things that propel that I do, I do firmly believe are like the, uh, like kind of interesting sounds and artists that start to populate that area and start to come out. Bands mm. like 723, mm -hmm. um, Fans like Raygun Superstar, Ray Gun, you know, Boy Named Sue, Boy Named Sue uh, Caffeine Daydreams, another one. They just yep. drop some songs, you know. We love those guys too. But they, you know, tons, tons and tons of artists. I mean, and there's just like weird art here that I think it's got its own space to be. It's not as influenced. You know, you go to a city and we played with bands that come from big cities, and it's so like we played a set where it's two bands on the same bill from the same place and the sounds are right there. You're like, okay, yeah, cool. I get it. They're from the same place. And it's because it's so concentrated here, you know, we can disappear to the mountains and write yeah. 10 songs and like come back and be like, no, no, we're, we're on this end of the spectrum. And we can play a show with Logan Duke and 723 and stuff. Mm. And it's really weird and cool and awesome. You know, I love the way you describe it, that you kind of have to make your own fun and go inward with it. I completely relate to that. I think I had this fear my whole life that I wouldn't be an artist if I didn't leave. And then I left and found I didn't make art for years because I had no idea like what I wanted to say. And um, there's a writer who I really like who talks about not wanting to write in an elegiac mode and wanting to be able to see it up close and to be there and to really understand the place and the way the place would influence her. And not from this lens of like, I'm following it through social media, but I'm actually living in it. And I find, at least for me across the South, like that's so important to my work. Um, and I've made more art and had more success being back in like small town North Carolina than I ever have anywhere else. And I think the community piece is so important there because you are kind of forced into close proximity with other people who can either challenge your work or who can grow upon it or who can be collab become collaborators. And yeah, I definitely have to shout out 723 here. They're some wonderful friends of mine now um, and really talented and they don't even all live in the same place. So that's a great example of how you can really utilize all these different interests in different places to really come together in one. And especially with the North Carolina music scene, I'm so happy to hear you talk about this because I live within walking distance of at least like four different live music venues. And I wasn't even trying to do that. Um, it's crazy. It's everywhere. And it does not get the national attention that it should. And there's, there's just so many amazing North Carolina bands these days. Yeah, I mean, I've been literally all over the country, like in a bunch of different places. And I don't think I have ever been anywhere where there has been just this kind of, it's almost like it's like like a hyper focus, like especially in certain areas. You can't go far without finding somewhere to listen to somebody play or go see a concert or this and that. Like North Carolina is just dense with like that like uh, creative juices or whatever like there's like art galleries and like music venues and you there is just like 
I could swear it's like a state pastime. It really is just. I feel like it's dense with people who give a damn. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's, that's a whole nother part of this equation is just people who give a damn. Like they, they care and they're like very not not so much like picky about what they hear, but they want to hear something. They want to hear done well, and they want to hear that somebody cares. I think more than anything. And having been to places like Nashville and stuff like that, I remember the first time I went, I had this expectation of like this is the place this is the place where people go and they do music like all the time right like this is it this is music road this is music city right mm. and i was really let down that it all just felt kind of more like a tourist stop it felt very you know trinkety like everything just felt kind of cheap yeah. and it didn't seem like anybody really gave a damn about the music, especially whenever there was like music in a McDonald's, you know, there's music at the airport. There's me, you know, it's like, okay, cool. But like, nobody's playing because they care. They're just mm -hmm. playing because, well, I'm in Nashville and that's what I do. And that's the thing, you know, it's, it's more so that than it is here where I feel like there's so much of, Hey, this is my art. I really, really care about it. And I hope you do too. Here it is. Yeah. To clarify, we are trying to get big like the rest of them. That is not we we don't want to be like isolated in the hills making music. But we want to I, play to the most people possible. We want to play to the most people possible. But it's a balance, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think um I think you know Sean kind of put it pretty eloquently. It's like there's just like a like a genuine like vibe. People really like listen. They they want to hear it, and not because it's like oh well you know like they're doing something like with like the way they dress or something like that like it really is like there's just this focus on like emotion and like authenticity and genuineness in the scene that you just don't really see a whole lot of places like it's really kind of like heartwarming in a weird sense i'm really interested in the authenticity piece as a folklorist this is something we think about a ton and um North Carolina has this vast music history, especially in Appalachia and up towards the mountains, but it also has lots of people, journalists and folklorists who are coming in and saying, this is real music. This is Americana. This is the place where, because you are kind of in these secluded rural areas, you exist outside of the influence of like Nashville, of Hollywood, of New York. That can be problematic at the same time, because then you have a lot of people who suddenly are realizing like authenticity in Americana it's its own aesthetic in a way. And people who are then trying to capitalize on that. Um, I gave a lecture last week talking about Jamie B. Campbell Bauer, who's become a folk musician and is making like Southern Gothic folk, but is from LA and lives in, or is from England and lives in LA. I'm wondering how you think about that in the context, like this authenticity piece is so important. And I also think that authenticity can become commodified in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. How is that something that you navigate in your own work? Or is it something you think about? Well, I mean, I think the best way that we can approach authenticity in that fashion is like just to really kind of analyze where everybody individually is coming from. Like when we sit down and we make a piece of music, um, it is like a healthy mix of trying to appreciate like where they come from and what they appreciate musically. It's trying to build on each other. And I think more importantly, you know, like, North Carolina does have a very rich history in Americana, but you know, anywhere you look here, it's dense with like just little like sub communities. Like it's a very um, diverse kind of crowd and anywhere you look in this area, you're going to find somebody that appreciates a certain style. As far as like Jamie Campbell Bauer, things like that. Um, I think everybody wants 
uh, a little piece of something that feels like home. And um, as somebody that's lived a million places, I think, you know, I haven't found anywhere quite as close. There is just something very wholesome, very um, kind of lovely about North Carolina that I think just kind of trickles down from the mountainside. Like, yeah. As, yeah. yeah. And to build on some of that too is like the, uh, it's funny. I have a friend of mine who has moved down here from LA and we've had a few conversations on what the music is like out there and what people are like and stuff. And it goes back to the authenticity of bands and stuff. Cause she, we were sitting and talking about it and you know, she, she's done it all out on that side of the spectrum, yeah. everything you can imagine in LA and music in making it and teaching every, every realm. Right. Well, she did all of that and ended up coming back here and she was talking to me about it. She's like, you know, people, people don't believe in what they're doing out there. What you do out there is for the sake of, Oh, well, you know, this will sell this many yeah, uh, commercialism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This will sell yeah. this many skews and Americana's in right now. So let me like shift <laughs> gears and change it up and do, well, I'm just going to do this, you know? And, a lot of people push for that solely just for that success factor. And so many musicians are artificial, you know, and she said her exact quote on it was, you know, the great thing about this area is that the, this area in general, that doesn't get any credit, you know, from North Carolina and the South in general, mm-hmm. is they kind of believe in bands, you know, they believe in music, they believe in originality and it's not like made up, you know, like out mm-hmm. there, they, grab five people and they shove them together and they're like all right you all look this good uh so and so wrote the music so and so is going to play the instruments mm-hmm. we're going to have tracks behind you here hold this instrument dance around on stage and act like you're playing good you made it uh now stand over here while we collect the money that's that's the machine out there to where the authenticity of what this brings is that we all believe in what we're doing to the point that you know there's there's going to be times where you know people get frustrated but we fight through it and we figure it out and we work our way through things and sort it. And that's real versus, you know, shifting gears to be whatever the trend is. Right. You know? We like what we do and we're damn good at it. So we, all we want to do is it. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Y'all are damn good at it. Um, when you think about being a more County based band specifically, one thing I feel like I've experienced having spent time in Moore County and now being in Durham, which is very well known as a music city. And I spend a lot of time in Carborough and Chapel Hill as well. The music scene in North Carolina does tend to get a lot of recognition. I feel like that recognition is often concentrated around like Asheville, Charlotte, and the Triangle. Mm-hmm. Has that been different for you all being not based in those areas or have people, like do people know Southern Pines when you tell them that's kind of where you're based and the music scene that you work within? Or is that something that you feel like People tend to know more of like the urban areas so where it's where it's from. But the Raleigh scene has really taken us under their wing for sure. Um, with Get Sad Y'all and bands like Ray Gun Superstar, uh, Boy Named Sue, um, playing with them. And they kind of, kind of understand that we're from a very small town. Yeah. And we have no other place to play besides, you know, the Neon Rooster. And then they want to come down here and play. Yeah. Yeah. And they're kind of, yeah. I feel like they're almost always, I've oh, they love the environment. That yeah. They love like, it. They love it. They're like, what the hell is this doing here? Yeah. And they're like, like, what is this town like? Our, 
it's Aberdeen, it's Southern yeah. Pines. And then, it's uh, such a great venue and such a random spot. It's absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's like a hole in the wall a little bit because you drive and it's just like, why? what is this doing here? This weird, yeah. like perfect little, like just like uh, <laughs> microcosm environment. Um, I think the philosophy is they don't know it yet, but they will. Um, as we continue to play around, you know, we want to bring people home, show what it looks like a little bit. But we're in a great, I mean, we're, you know, two hours from Charlotte. So we, we play in Charlotte a lot. We've got some gigs coming up there. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice location because you can just, yeah, you know, you're central to you're central to everything. I mean, you know, we've played in, um, we've played in Boone as well. And that's three hours away. Um, God, we played in Chesapeake, Virginia. Yeah, we played, we played in Virginia, you know, so like we can get to a lot of places from where we are. It's a great, you know place to be and place to make music for sure. It's almost like what you're doing is creating this bridge between Moore County and these other already existing music scenes, but it's mutual, which I love that you described, like they want to come here and they want to play this. And I think there's so much discussion right now in North Carolina of like these urban areas that are really rapidly expanding and are very much changing a lot of the more traditionally. So North Carolina is a hundred counties, 78 are classified as rural, which I find really interesting. Moore County being one of them. Yet most of them don't really feel all that rural because you're like 45 minutes to a major city. And I think there's this kind of pathway that's happening between the two of which it sounds like music for y'all is part of that. Um, and I think art can be a bridge through a lot of things and, Personally, I think it's just really important, especially in a state that's changing so rapidly and that has kind of this ongoing divide between these very urban areas and these more traditionally rural areas. So it's really cool to hear the way you describe that. Well, yeah, nothing connects like culture. I mean, if you want to get across to somebody, talk about things they like, art, music, anything like that. It's the best way to get across to people. I mean, that's what we've what humans have done for like centuries. Um, but yeah, I mean, every time we play somewhere, we always kind of brag about... Um, the neon rooster and kind of more County and the scene that it's going to, because I think we owe a good bit of our success to uh, Derek who runs the neon rooster, who kind of gave us a space to really kind of thrive in. He gave mm -hmm. us a rehearsal space. He let us play shows there. We practiced at open mics in front of people. I mean, like we really do owe the man a lot. Um, so any chance I get, I'm like, it's the greatest place you've ever been. And I want you to come and have a merry little time with me. Yeah. I love that. When you think about the music that you want to create and where you go from here, and I want ev I want everyone to answer this, I think. If you had to describe your music in three words, how would you describe it? Good. So I want to see, I want to, I feel like you'll all have very different answers, which I think is interesting. Or maybe not. We'll see. Gosh, that's a tough that's one. That's a good one. Three, three words, I would say, um, I don't want to be too cheesy, honestly. Uh, explosive. <laughs> <laughs> do you need the um, starting with a bang? I mean, how do you go from there? <laughs> my key. My, what? All in, you know, no, I mean, yes, it's hard to describe. I mean, what we, what we try to do when we write music for sure. One thing is, is we try to keep what it would like to be uh, a member of the audience. Yeah. Like what it would like to be at a show. What do you like to see to show when you see a band? Like you, you want to see the more fast paced, energetic rock and roll, 
you know, uh, we all love slow songs. We love sad songs, but like when they play those live, they don't hit as heavy as as the the rock and roll <laughs> numbers that we like to do. You uh, know, I think, I think we all have similar answers. Yeah, the most part, I think we would all have similar answers. Like I think some yeah. of the big ones are like like just straight words, just emotion. You know, yeah. I think we try to write from a place of emotion, and yeah, we want to like evoke yeah. that feeling. Well, whether performance it's, wise, yeah, that and that's it out there too, in its own ways. You know, like I one of the greatest compliments I know. Of, for me specifically, and I'm sure everybody else will attest to this, is any time we've played a show, um, it, this primarily has happened at the Neon Rooster. I think it was our second show there. Somebody came up to us and they said, you guys just look like you were having the most fun out of yeah. anybody <laughs> I've ever seen on the stage. And it was, that really hit for me because it's like, okay, that comes across that like we we care about this thing, you yeah. know? And it it pushed me to be like, okay, yeah that's awesome then you know that's that's a part of that emotion thing that yeah. explosive thing you know and mm -hmm. it really really hones it in you know i mean that's what that's what that's why we listen to music is to feel emotion to feel something and so when we play it we feel it and we can't help but you know show that excitement and show mm -hmm. that energy um but the thing that has to be first and foremost is the music Right. And the the music always comes first and we try to put that first and 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 the message as well. Yeah. You know, from from Ben, that's something that means something daring to him. I mean, he doesn't take it lightly that he's, you know, writing music and lyrics for other people to hear. Like yeah. he wants it to mean something. Um, he wants the, the listener to to feel what he's saying and <laughs> and and kind of go down that rabbit hole of, of the thought process of what it's like to be in that emotion yeah. or be in that event, yeah. you know, with, with his lyrics. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of two ways, you know, we want to move people through the music. We also want to move them through the lyrics. Right. I mean, I come from like a pretty uh, specifically yeah. like theatrical background. I spent a lot of time working in theaters. Um, it's what I actually initially went to college for. Um, so, you know, when I say that, like, I want our music to be incredibly performative, I mean, like, one of the things that I distinctly remember about the first time I went to a concert versus, you know, just the, like, countless times I went to shows was, you know, everybody at, like, it's it's raw emotion in theaters, but it's, it's very reserved. Um, and that's always a, something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know, because, like, there, it's just this very real, like, visceral kind of storytelling and just um, very emotional things. And the first time I went to a concert actually was with oh, y'all. Yeah. Um, we went to a, um, God, what was it? Which one? No, no, no. It wasn't no, Kings of Leon. No, I didn't go to that one. It was um, Lumineers. It was a Lumineers concert. It was my very first concert. Um, and it was amazing. It was so great. It was quite possibly the best live performance I've ever seen in my life. Probably because they've only been to theater shows. Um but, you know, I just, I remember thinking, like, you know, our, the big three words were, like, jump and shout. Like, you know, because, like, you go to see a rock concert, and I think a lot of people go for different reasons, but, like, you just, like, ventilate. There's no other live performance that you go to see other than a music concert that lets you kind of scream and yell and jump and, like, move. It's, it's, it's a very participant kind of show. Um, you know, we want you to, like, move around and really, like, feel things um so i'm no like stranger to the performative aspect of it but i i want people to like feel something and, and show it 
we live in like kind of an age where everybody's kind of have to like mask everything and move kind of in silence and just like move through the world and um, kind of anticipate knowing that like your reactivity to things is going to get judged and um, kind of markedly observed. So, you know, if anything, I want you to come to a show and just be like, well, I can be this loud, ostentatious version of myself in the audience. Yeah, I want to, I want to jump. I want to scream. I want to yell. Yeah. I mean, to condense that all down into three <laughs> words uh, and also from all of us instead of just the singular. No, this works great too. I mean, this is a fantastic answer. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like emotion, I, energy, so emotion. it's like emotion and energy being tied into one, the explosivity of what we're doing it's like i mean van's absolutely right yeah. about that's that end of it and then from that point i think the last core part of that is that you know these we we really try and take the time on the songs if there was a word to condense it down to like just caring heart yeah, yeah there you go yeah heart yeah it would be yeah. that you know heart, so yeah. trying to one. yeah that that would be our show and i feel like you know we we're also tied closely together as well that the majority of the time, if you were to talk to any one of us to the side, I feel like our answers almost align. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's like yeah. it's we're really about the unit, you know, and the core unit is this, you know. Yeah, um, we we have a ton of people, so yeah. You mentioned earlier, kind of the message coming across in your lyrics. What is that message that you hope to convey? <clears throat> um, when I sit down to write lyrics, I usually try to take a good like kind of look into what the instrumentation means to me personally. But if I had to establish a general message, um, I take a lot of pride in being kind of a reactionary type of person. Um, I feel things like really strongly and I don't know about in conjunction to anybody else, but you know, what I hope comes across in the music is just this air of trying to kind of find your way through things, but more importantly, to just be whatever emotion that you're feeling to feel it like authentically. And I know we've said real and authentic and true a lot this interview, but more importantly, I think it's, you know, trying to establish like, when you feel something, you feel it, you know, Emotion is a knee-jerk reaction. And I think what I hope comes across when I write um, lyrics to people is that, you know, I, I want everybody to feel what they feel uninhibited. Mm -hmm. I want it to be like just like the fullest extent of that emotion. Yeah. What's cool with that is poetically in a lot of ways, I feel like, and I'm sure you can attest to this with the way that we all write it. We write based on oh, that's good. We feel this is good. There's something that feels right with that. Right. And then the song carries forward. Like, well, I mean, how many times have we all brought in an idea and it's like, eh, you know, it's like, but whenever it's the right thing and it feels right, we all move and it's almost like this process of, you know, five to 10 minutes and it's done. And it's like, oh, that's a whole thing now. Like, and it's from that same perspective yeah. of, this is the feeling. Yeah, whatever you're feeling, feel it times three. Like yeah, just yeah. Yeah. embrace yeah. that. Do you think part of your ability to do that, because I agree, I think your music absolutely does that, is also this relationship that you've built with each other? And would it be different if you were like a singer-songwriter trying to do this on your own? 
Oh God. Um, I couldn't imagine trying to do this on my own. I have to be totally honest. I'm 100% dependent on the people in the band. Oh yeah. We all need each other. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's why, that's why we are what we are is because we all bring in different elements um, and, and different, not just talents, but different perspectives that we, yeah. we all respect. And um, I know it's, tough to do like a lot of times you know when people when people have ideas it's you always want your idea to come across the strongest but that's what's so great about being in a band is that we we try to work on there are no egos it's really about the music and what's best for the song um and to kind of be an individualist which and some of us do our own side projects we do other yeah. stuff we work with other people you know but it's just a different vibe. It's, it's more, it's more powerful because there's more people involved and it's more people that you respect and more people that, that you have a connection with, not just like musically, but you know, on, on a level, as far as like friendship, stuff like that, that's, that's great. But when you have a connection, as far as like being in a band with somebody it's it's really nothing like it. Yeah. And, um, the more the merrier i i feel like so like that's why it's great being in a, yeah. a, a five piece you know yeah. when you've got everyone firing on all cylinders it's really really magical and you can't recreate that just being a singer songwriter or just playing in, in a coffee shop which is great you know and and we've done smaller gigs we've done acoustic gigs and stuff but when you have the energy of a full band it's really there's nothing like it yeah. when to but on that too, you got like the core of the team here being this, but the the way that it stretches out to like our connection with Skylar being like kind of what we've established as like band artist. And that's mm -hmm. such a small title for such a big role um, because she's developed so many things with us. And then, I mean, you know, we, we have her, we've got somebody like Derek, you know, yeah. we've got just all these different people who are surrounding us, you know, I mean, from like Maria, she's come out to shows and filmed us and yeah. it's never ends where it's the in, never ending shot of her standing up <laughs> on the highest <laughs> position the in her room. Put her on the highest with chair. A camera and, you know, it, yeah. and fans that and come fans, out to follow yeah. us to show some are here tonight in the room with us yes. behind the, behind <laughs> the scenes that come out to every show and record yes. everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know they, they go out of their way to say to other I've seen it where they're like, no, no, no you need to be there right now to <laughs> see this and feel this. And like, yeah. Yeah. and that's no like shilling from us into the audience. That's just people who really give a damn about us. And, you know, like our you know. tight bubble is just like, you know, the band is sure the band is the band, but that it, bubble that we're talking about huge. is huge. Yeah. You know, it's multiple, yeah. you know, 15, 20 people yeah. where you could just pick around the room and be like, oh my God, you know, like yeah. they contributed this yeah. or we yes. shared this experience with them. And, you know, well, it's because of this, we yeah. then wrote a song that used something that we spoke about or an experience we shared or yeah. a trip we went on or something, you know what I mean? So um, that's really cool. I don't like to blow smoke up anybody's ass, but like it really, like it, we are entirely dependent on a lot of the people that come and support in one way or another. Like we are, I think, just super driven by this Leviathan sense of like community and like togetherness, which sounds really tacky, but it is the truth, you know? Well, it's amazing just to have people come to your shows <laughs> and like, because we, we've been there, we've, mm -hmm. we've played to, to nobody. Mm -hmm. We've played to like one person before. 
you know? And so when you actually like play somewhere where there are people are paying attention to your music and not only that, know the lyrics, yeah. Yeah. know the words, that's, that is that just the highest nuts. compliment you can ever receive, you know? Um, just making people move is, is yeah. so, it's so powerful and you appreciate it because you've been there where you've played to nobody yeah. and you, well, you know, and our motto at those shows too, when playing to nobody, oh, is, yeah, yeah. the the phrasing is usually is whether it's five or 500, yeah. fucking kill it. Yeah. Give the bartender yeah. the best show of his life. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. you know, cause we, we have been there, you know, we've yeah. been there and we said, you know what? Yeah. And we came all this way and it was a long way to yeah. go. And we fucking, you know, yeah. that's that's what we run on, though, is yeah. that is yeah. it doesn't matter because if there is only one person there, it's better to give them the night of their life and oh, be yeah. able to say, hey, we love you and this is what we do. And, you know, hope take it and you never know who that one person knows either. Like, I think that's it's so easy with community and community studies to look back in retrospect and say, oh, look, look at all these people we have now. It's one of my favorite things with this podcast is like. Shout out to Skylar. You know, that's how I know y'all. And then that's how we know 723. And it's amazing to see how it all comes together. It doesn't erase the fact that at one point in time, most of us were there like playing to one person, right? I mean, I'm not a musician, but like writing something that one person reads or just messaging somebody on Instagram and saying, hey, I think you're cool. I want to get to know you. Community takes active effort, but also when you're open to it, I do think and you're and you're doing the thing of like we're gonna give the bartender the best show of his life, right? You never know where that's gonna lead and who's gonna come into your life. Right. And one thing I've been thinking about this whole conversation is like if you could go back to childhood you and tell them this would be your life now, do you think they would even believe it? Hell no. no. <laughs> Hell no. No. <laughs> no. There would be so many things I had to sell to childhood mm. me. The band thing would be like immediately out. like I couldn't that wouldn't even be in the topic. Like we would have to break down some very important truths. The yeah, no, everything about my life right now yeah. is super baffling. Well if you yeah, if you would have told me three years ago, <laughs> I if you would have said three years ago, oh, you'll be in a band, I was convinced I would never be in a band again and that it was pretty much just like you yeah. know, that it's pointless for me to even try like childhood talk about a month before the band started i you probably couldn't have told me any of this i've yeah. been like yeah, you're full of it's it's tough these days i'm telling you it's tough these days just to get people <laughs> like together in the same room and yeah. on the same page um because we've all been in different bands and different projects and stuff and a lot of it fizzles away but for whatever reason we keep coming back yeah. And we keep getting, I, I, for me, it's the encouragement from, from, from people, from the community, from our, I guess, quote unquote fans, which is still kind of weird to weird, say, weird to say yeah. <laughs> but like people that support our music, like it, that's what keeps us going because it brings you back because you create <clears throat> this feeling of community when you're at a concert that's like no other and you and once you experience it once you have to do it over and over oh, again yeah. yeah i mean it's, it's it's no other feeling like it's very lucky i find it really fun to think about too like i'm i'm right there with you if someone had told me a year ago what my life would look like there are so many things i'd have to unpack but i <laughs> i would i mean i'm right with you i wouldn't have believed it and i try to think of that in terms of the future and in terms of being hopeful of you know, a, a, just a year ago, you all were forming as a band and like, who knows what's coming in the next year. I have to ask because you're all musicians, who are the artists that you're listening to and following and recommending right now or any song that you have on repeat? 
Ethel Cain. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I just gave a lecture on Ethel Kane, so I'm right there I with you. I studied her. the modern Southern Gothic, and I, I am obsessed with her. I love her. I'm sorry. I hate to derail everybody, but I could go on a tirade about this woman. We'll have to have a whole separate podcast where we just discuss <laughs> Ethel Kane because I've got I'm obsessed with Ethel Kane. She is so good, and I think the first time I showed everybody in the band their music, they were like, "What are we listening to?" And I was like, "The best thing I've ever heard." That's what we're listening to. I just showed all my students Ethel Kane, and half of them were like, I'm very freaked out and confused. It's 10 a.m. And the other half have come to my office hours every week to talk about Ethel Kane. So no, it's, it's, it's she, so for the people she's for. She's yeah, for them, you know? I've never met an artist that is so 50-50 and so extreme. Like, there is such a chasm in the middle. And then you have people that, like, seriously don't get it. But the girls that get it, get it. I agree. I mean, for me, the right now, I kind of follow that. Right? Yeah, how do you follow that? But uh, just, you really can't follow Ethel Kane. Is is the conclusion yeah, to this? Not my point, but yeah. Sure. I mean, like for me, what I'm listening to now is always like a, it's always like a a circle because I listen to the same things over and over again, except for some very rare circumstances. Uh, but like John Mayer, Black Keys. Um, Things like that. And I went back to listen to some blues like Stevie Ray Vaughan and stuff lately. Um, but that's like what I'm really You know what I was listening to the other day was Sade. <laughs> oh, Sade. Smooth up over Yeah, up. some Sade. That's, um, I really like Lil Yachty's new album. I really do. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty badass. I can... yeah, like, I really I've like... actually been hearing that it's like fantastic all over the internet, which people like how... were really surprised by. I like it when people take left turns and, and take mm -hmm. risks and... Um, I think it's, uh, you know, as an artist, it's, it's terrifying to do that. Yeah. Especially like not only on like a security level, like with yourself, but like on a commercial level when you're already established. Oh, absolutely. It's a huge risk. I'm sure that that's you know, like career rocking. Um, bands like, you know, the killers have done that before. Um, even like, you know, the Beatles with Sgt. Peppers. Um, that was something that was just like so bizarre. Um, Paramore's after after album was yeah. Paramore's new album is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's good to see them still throughout through mm. everything they've been through, and they just change it up all the time. Um, They're so cool. And should we say our love for Nickelback? Or oh, absolutely! I am a one hundred percent stand of Nickelback till the day I die. I will like Nickelback. I'll die on the it's still. A guilty pleasure of not an exploit. <laughs> There's a time and a place for Nickelback, but it can be good. I agree with that. Sean, what are you I was just going to say, like, I've been listening to a ton of idols. Like, that's, like, the big uh, yeah, thing. I was going yeah. through my stuff just to see, because, like, I listen to a lot of everything, but that's been, like, the consistency. I've gotten back into, like, Fleet Foxes. Oh, yeah, so good. Just idols are fantastic. How, are you on the Fontaine's DC kick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great, too. They were a similar vein of music, in my opinion. We need a playlist. Y'all y'all have to guest curate a playlist for us. Oh my god. Yes, oh my please. Gosh, crazy. It would be Yeah, no, we we have a Spotify, oh so please. It would be so much music. All we talk about is music. It would be <laughs> I would love to talk to you about music all the time. Um, we are coming up on our hour. So I have two final questions for you tonight, actually. The first is thinking about a year ago, you probably couldn't have imagined what you're doing now. When you think about where you want to be a year from now, where is that? Well, I mean, our goal is always to play in front of the most piece, most people possible. Um, so if if we can just get you know bigger venues, bigger crowds, that would be. I don't care where it is, obviously. You know, Wembley. 
Yeah. Wembley, Network, <laughs> um, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I yeah. if you would have told, I think if you would have told any of us a year ago, like you know, our motto is world domination and like do dope shit. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing last year, if you would have told us January, February last year, oh yeah, you'll play Cat's Cradle and you'll play Motorco and you'll like open up for international bands and you'll oh, yeah. do all these things, I would have looked at you and have been like. Yeah, that's the goal. Ha ha ha! Like, but yeah. now it's like, oh, like, I, you know, I know we we have some pretty big plans thus far. I think the big goal this year, not only with playing shows, is release a lot of music. So yeah. a year oh, from yeah. now, if we can look back and yeah. say, okay, we got a lot of video <clears throat> aspirations, a lot of music aspirations, right. a lot of writing that we've done that we're starting to. Yeah, I mean, last of, year yeah. we only released two songs that yes. will probably. I mean, it will. Be- I want to. I want to at least. Double it, yeah, double, double it, triple, it, triple that. You know, I mean, that's coming yeah. we very got a, soon. Yeah, we got a few projects worth of things that are kind of like brewing. So, oh, yeah. hopefully, it's like we can hand out, you know, handfuls of music constantly. Is the idea that we're trying to get to? Yeah, yeah. I think the truth of it is, is we are all a little bit too much of a perfectionist sometimes, and sometimes we get a little intimidated. Um, yeah, we definitely have music coming, but. You know, I think we all, I think another thing we really want to do is just like, we all look so highly at music that other people make and music that we hear. I think it's just, you know, I think it's safe to say that everybody here wants to make something that is like celebrated and heralded as just a great piece of music. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the goal, right? Like for right. any creative, that great, like Moby Dick, White Whale, like you just want something that people really enjoy and can look to as like, wow, that was just really good. What, uh, what's your, the goals for the year, do you think? Um, I mean, I think just the goals for the year would be to just, if you can look back, you know, if we, as we look, it's January came up and we look back at the year overall, um, and we grew the whole entire year, you know, there was minor setbacks and things like that, but overall we grew, um, the entire year. And if we can look back in another year and say, wow, look at, you know, look at the rate that we grew in one year, look at what we achieved in one year. And if we can look back in next January and say, Oh, I can't believe that we did this and we did that. Like that to me, that's worth it that's to win. keep on yeah. going, keep moving, you know, keep mm-hmm. on, keep on going. So constant growth. Yeah. That's a good goal for anybody. I think right. we have one final question for you and we ask this of all our guests and you can take it any way you would like. And that question is, what do you believe in? <laughs> oh God, that's such a difficult one. Um, I believe sometimes I warn people, sometimes I just throw it at them, you know? I believe in death and taxes and uh, psychological medication. Here you go, badass. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, go for it, man. I believe in rock and roll. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> bad to the bone. You ready? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, I believe thoroughly in being the, it's funny how we've talked on a lot of authenticity things and stuff like that. I believe thoroughly in truly being the artist and mm-hmm. at whatever cost that is, you know, however far you personally need to take it to get to that thing, do it, you know? So just being that and being that level of honest, you know, that's been a big thing for me lately. So, yeah. I'm ready. He's ready. Um, I believe in this band and our, our bubble that we talked about are those people, um, the brotherhood that I have with these guys. 
And, uh, you know, the fans that come out from Moore County to the Cat's Cradle and you have Van on stage grabs the microphone for me and goes, everybody in Moore County, <laughs> raise your hand. And 80% of the crowd is like, Boom. here we are. You know, yeah. but I, I believe in this band. Um, and yeah. you could take that with whatever you want, whether it would be the biggest band in the world or we'll play, you know, at the Ritz or wherever, yeah. it, you know, wherever yeah. it is. But I, I believe in this band. I think... Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I think everybody's yeah. excited for the future. Yeah. Well said. For anyone who wants to come and see some of these shows or follow your music or learn about the new releases, where can they find you? Or do you have anything upcoming where they can come and check you out? So We what? have March 18th at the Poor House, March 19th at the Milestone Club. In we Charlotte. have we at Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, we have theviolentexploit.com. You can find everything there. Yep. We're on YouTube, the Violet Exploit. Instagram is the Violet Exploit. And, Facebook uh, is the Violet. Facebook Exploit. is the Violet Exploit. And, TikTok uh, and TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is it's, it's a little. It's a little. You know, we're under maintenance right it's now, but it's coming yeah. together. We created TikTok, and I think we've posted once, so I get it. Yeah, I know. We're not really There's a lot of social media platforms to keep up with these days, but it sounds like y'all have them all covered. Twitter's on the way, too. We're going to get a Twitter account. It's going to happen. And a LinkedIn. And a LinkedIn. That's right. Really? Yeah, you're just really driving it home. I think you're the first band we've talked to that's going to get a LinkedIn. Absolutely. Well, I will be adding you on LinkedIn for sure. And we're really excited to see where you all go from here and what you do. And thank you so much for being here, um, for joining us. And thanks for having us. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Looking forward to the curated playlist. (laughs) And to all of our listeners, wherever you are, have a good day. Good night. Be good. Stay good.